Where do we stand on the teams in Minnesota? We discuss on today's special State of the State edition of Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked On Wild on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's special bonus episode of Locked On Wild, we take a look at the state of the state as we pull it back to look at how the pro teams and collegiate teams in Minnesota are doing heading into 2023. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, bringing in some help for today's episode with Colton Molesky of NBC15, one of the elite sports minds that I have come to know. And so uh, we are going to just we're just going to discuss all the teams in Minnesota. Well, with the exception of maybe the Twins, because <laughs> let's just be honest, there's there's not a lot going on there. Colton, as always, thanks for joining me. I feel like. Not talking about baseball was pretty on brand for you. You've been trying to get the sport canceled for what three years now, well, four years, and it's it's funny because I I love what Nash at Lockdown Twins is doing, and he's doing the best that he can considering the situation that that team is in. But I made a very conscious choice when I started to follow hockey to just eliminate a sport from my vocabulary, <laughs> and Major League Baseball was the one that fell victim to it. We only have so much bandwidth. You're busy, and when you're not covering a team, you would like... Now, there might be argument that none of the teams you watch this throw Minnesota teams would offer you some relaxation in your downtime, but you want to have the sports on cue that you're going to get the most enjoyment out of. Yeah, and we're, we're going to... We're recording this after what happened to the Vikings against Green Bay, so there's going to be a little bit of recency bias... <laughs> with the Vikings, but we're also going to, we're also going to bring in the Timberwolves because you're going to be able to help with that. And we'll talk a little wild as well. And so I wanted to start because I, we are going to, we're going to dive more into like player specific because I think we've got some really fun superstar level players in this state to talk about as well. Agreed. But I wanted to start with just kind of the teams at large. And so we're going to do this. We're going to do this power ranking style because who doesn't love a good power rankings? Who doesn't love a good – to start 2023? Come on. There's no better Come way. Come on. So what we're going to do is we're going to start by talking about the teams in the state, and we're going to power rankings how confident we are in where they are headed. That may not necessarily mean how they're doing right now, but like the direction that they're heading in. And so if it's me. I just got to say, as you say this, the first thing that popped into my head was as far as like five-year outlook, is this one of the worst states? Pretty, it's pretty grim. <laughs> it's pretty bleak. This has got to be, if we're just drafting states based on their sport for five-year outlook, 
This has got to be like a bottom five state, and so, a bottom five state, right? And so here's here's a, I'm gonna I'm gonna start because I have a very particular, um, very particular look as to how this goes. And so for like, let's just say five year outlook, I'm going Wild Vikings Wolves Twins. Like that's that's how I'm putting the core four because here. So we've we've seen of the four, we've seen the most of the Wilds plan going forward because we're seeing some of those players start to make noise at the NHL level. You know, the Wild have their goalie of the future in the system. They've got a young goaltender helping them right now in Philip Gustafson, who has kind of surprised a lot of people. And so five years down the road, that may be your goalie tandem. They've got pieces in the system. You've got Kirill. You've got Matt Boldy. You've got other drafted players that are going to come up and – Barring catastrophic injury, we've seen a lot of what we're going to see in five years. And so I'm putting the Wild first. Vikings, we haven't really seen it yet because Quezzy came in as the GM and said, we're going to mostly run this back because we've got a lot of good pieces to just repeat and to go. So we haven't really seen the long-term vision for this team yet. The Timberwolves mortgaged it. They made a big trade, swung and missed, and the Twins, for the 50th offseason in a row, said, we have money to spend, started to see some of the free agent contracts, and they said, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> like, well, c- come on. We can't do that. They, they said we had money and then realized that they were in the wrong store. They're like, we have money. And then they forgot that they were in the lobby of the Bellagio, and they're like, actually, we don't. They, they got that's in. That's not the money we were talking about. We have Costco money. We, they got to we the. Have, we have money if there's a deal involved. They got to the lobby of the hotel, and they saw that it was like a $200 a plate dinner. They said, you know what? I forgot my wallet. You know what? Wendy's actually sounds pretty good. So that's, so that's mine. What is If you had to rank the four, which way would you go for the next five years? Now, this is interesting because I would put the wild first. Obviously, all the stuff you mentioned, I would like to add to that only that if you're looking at this team, and, and again... Obviously, you cover them a little more in depth than me, but (laughs) looking at this team from the 1,000-foot view of, you know what, it really seems like I get that there's some stats that you can dive into, but broad strokes, the pendulum swing on this team from a night-to-night basis of we're going to win by 5-2, we're going to lose 5-2, we're going to (laughs) win 3-1, we're going to lose 3-0, you know, that pendulum swing. You would think with the young talent they have that that balances itself out as you go further into the future. So that probably, they have a bunch of the young pieces. They have been in playoff series before, and you hope that they build on that and just playing together and adding those pieces so that some of that stuff balances itself out, right? That would be the assumption anyways. Yeah. The toss-up is the Vikings and the Timberwolves, right? Because on the one side, you have both teams have young talent you really love. And both teams also maybe have some of the 
top premier players in each, at least one on each squad yeah. in their respective sports. But the Vikings are in this spot where they probably should be in win-now mode, and it feels like they don't have their quarterback for an actual win now, and they don't have the defensive pieces. The defensive pieces, the, it's almost like ships in the night where the defense was really, really good for a long time, and then as the offense became like this crazy thing that could go nuclear, it kind of slipped the other way where now the defense you can't rely on, and the offense yeah. is going to have to bail out games. So that kind of missed each other by a couple of seasons. Uh, and then on the Timberwolves side of things, you like their young talent, but now they have made the... Herschel Walker of NBA trades. I don't say that lightly. I know exactly no. the comparison. It might be the worst NBA trade in history. It um, it makes the list of top three for sure, but I would say it might be uh, based not only on the fact that that contract is not tradable, and of course, talk about Rudy Gobert, but they looked at two of the biggest things that were problematic for them in the playoffs last year, which was fourth quarter decision-making, how they handled the fourth quarter, closing out games and perimeter defense and said, you know what? We're going to if we're going to address none of those things with a huge trade, we're going to address none of those things. We're actually going to clog the paint a little more because that was a real problem for us. And then of course you have the twins in last. I mean, they are just spinning their tires of mediocrity. The best they can do is be average. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go wild, Timberwolves, Vikings, Twins, just because of the emphasis on quarterback and how that seems like they've got. And again, Kirk is a good quarterback. He's mm-hmm. a good quarterback, but he's not going to. He's not going to push a roster over the edge to win the Super Bowl. Correct. He's got to be on an awesome roster, and then he's going to be a good quarterback. And I don't think he can carry this defense through. Uh, multiple playoff rounds. And well, so and so then when you have a question mark there, it's a really big issue. We see, of course, every single year for NFL teams that haven't figured out the Super Bowl winning quarterback. Well and it's for the for the Timberwolves, it's a precarious spot to be because it's the price you pay for your franchise having two or three years where they've really gone at it and getting kind of desperate to like hey we got to do something to get us over the top and to really put us in a situation to win and to this point in the season it just it has not panned out like with Gobert on the court i i i don't know the exact numbers but i've been told the tweet multiple times with Gobert on the court they're one of the best defensive teams in the NBA but one of the worst offensive teams with him off the court they're one of the best offensive teams in the NBA and one of the worst defensive teams. There's just there's no in between. Maybe even a bigger issue is the plus minus stats and the advanced metrics on when he and Towns are on the court, which if two of the three guys that you're paying the most can't be on the court at the same time, that's a pretty big problem uh, considering that you really, the best version of this team doesn't run the offense. It's not like you have two point guards and you can just stagger them and run the offense through uh, one of them at a time. Like with the Rockets, Chris Paul and James Harden, uh, that ended up working out really well that first year. But remember, if you remember the start of it, they had to stagger them 
pretty heavily where they really were sharing the court for maybe a minute or two while they got it figured out, which you could do because the offense ran through both of them. And then yeah. in the back half and in the playoffs of that season, then they were then they were in sync and they could actually be played together. Not quite the case when you have Gobert, when you're rolling Gobert. Not going to run the offense through him. It's not going to be point center like Zion. So, yeah, they, they are in a horribly tough spot, but they still have enough talent to to win games so they're not going to not that they have the draft picks anyways they're trading all their draft picks away but it's not like you're going to get any capital from the next wave of guys coming in yeah it's it's kind of dicey for them but you know you, you do what you have to do now we're gonna we're gonna narrow focus a little more because it turns out three of the four three of the four teams have some pretty elite talent uh, that is definitely worth watching on a weekly basis. And so we're going to do our superstar athlete power rankings as we continue today's bonus State of the State episode of Locked on Wild after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info plus stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to the NBA and the NHL, they've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild, the state of the state. Once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen every single day of the week. If you miss any of our episodes, make sure you check us out on YouTube, or you can find us now on Amazon Music with ad-free podcasts. So make sure you tune in anywhere you can so you don't miss out on any great Lockdown Wild content. Continuing the state of the state. We are discussing all of the core four teams here in the state of Minnesota. We talked about the teams at large. We're going to do superstar athlete power rankings. And again, sorry to the Twins, but this is going <laughs> to this is going to come down to three teams because you've got Justin Jefferson, you've got Kirill Kaprizov, you've got Anthony Edwards. And so just one one like honorable but honorable mention that I want to throw in here. How badly do you wish we could throw Byron Buxton in here? You know, because if he wasn't out so consistently, I feel like he is a top level, like I would say top three outfielder in the MLB. Do you want to, for the sake of having a fourth team in this, do you want to just throw him in? Because he would be the guy. He would be the guy. He just misses so much time. And yeah. you hate, I hate to hold injuries against a player, but if you're ranking, like, who's a superstar in their respective leagues, I don't think that you can put Buxton in there because he he misses so much time, which you hate to do because of yeah. injury. That stinks. But... If you're if you were just ranking honestly the superstars in the MLB, is he one of your top like fifteen players? He would he'd have to be like a so here's this is exactly how we're gonna do this. And he so I'll start and here's my logic for the rankings that we're doing. So I'm gonna start Justin Jefferson is number one in the state. 
because Justin Jefferson is arguably the best at his position. Number one receiver in football. He was, before the Green Bay game, had a chance to break the all-time single-season receiving record. So he's obviously just an insane elite talent. I'm going Kirill number two because he is he's in the top 10 at his position and is in like the top 20 in the league in terms of best players in the NHL. So he goes number two. Edwards, it, it depends. When healthy, I would say Buxton is number three. But if we're taking just what he plays during a normal season, I got to go Anthony Edwards three and Buxton four. Because Edwards is great, but is Edwards in the top 20 or 30 in the NBA in terms of talents? It's hard to say because there are so many, there are so many guys that clog up that like top 20 list in the NBA. So I go Jefferson, Kaprizov, Edwards and Buxton as my top four. It's hard to it's hard to argue because you're right. If you're going, I guess there would be two ways to look at this, and it get it depends on how you grade out each side of this. Whereas where they rank in the league versus the importance to that Minnesota team. Uh, as far as where they rank, I think you were dead on with where each of these players in their respective leagues rank, I think you're dead on on all of those. Uh, I, I think a lot of people's gut reaction would be to put Ant up there, but as good as he is, and I love Ant. He is awesome. He's a yeah. great watch. He's solid off the ball. He's the guy you really want taking over those games in the end of the fourth quarter in a close game for the Timberwolves. You want to see more stuff run through him. You want to see him take over that offense more. He's awesome. He's top 25 in scoring. He's adding more passing, it seems, every year. You see the defensive chops and him wanting to... He's not maybe going to win every defensive matchup, but things like him taking and being willing to take Giannis in that game, and I get Giannis still got his. He got 40 and 20. Guess what? Giannis gets his against everybody in the league, Correct. by the way. Uh, but he still got his. But for him to step up and want to take that challenge, some guys shy away from that. Some guys are the guy, but shy away from those. To have him step up and be that guy to want to take that, though that's huge. But still, in a very, very talented league, I don't think he's in the top 20. And so when you're weighting him up against other guys, that has to be considered... That said, as far as importance to their team, I don't exactly know what the wild offense looks like without Krill the Thrill. It's it's not great. It's a disaster. Yeah, it's not great. It's an absolute disaster. And he's he's also the thing, too, in a big game or a playoff game when you just need a cutthroat sniper, just a shooter that can grip it and rip it and can – kind of have a defense bending krill's the first guy that the wild have had in several years that that is that cold-blooded guy correct so when i'm waiting and again a little bit default to the position jefferson is everything that you're saying he is but also being a receiver i mean you've got to be randy moss jerry rice mm-hmm. those are like the two guys out of Hundreds of people that play the position that actually like can compensate for everything that else that happens, just it, it, despite only getting the ball a couple of times throughout the game. And 
Jefferson is still receiver, which is still not going to is going to be like the third most important spot for the offense, right? And so I would put as far as weighting the importance to the team with everything you're saying about how they rank up in their respective leaves, leagues. I got to go Krill. I got to go Jefferson next, then Ant. And then if we're throwing baseball in, then it's Buxton. But again, that one's tough because if you're going superstar status, I just don't think the Twins have one. Well, and it's you bring up a really good point because in in a playoff game, Jefferson is only going to be able to put up numbers and to help the team if the quarterback throwing him the ball, in this case Kirk Cousins, is able to get him the ball. We've seen, we saw in the playoff series against the St. Louis Blues, Kaprizov, as long as he has the puck, he's able to dictate how the game goes. And he had he had a goal against St. Louis in which he was able to somehow bank a shot in off of the back of the leg of the goalie in for a goal. And so his ability to generate stuff when there's nothing there, he did this against um, Jake Ottinger for the Dallas Stars. Like he had just, he was like parallel to the net, somehow able to bank a shot in off the back between the shoulder blades of the goalie. Like that's not something that he needs anybody else to help him with. So that's that's a good point that you bring up in that Kaprizov can dictate so much by himself without needing the help of anybody else to be able to generate to create scoring opportunities. I mean, geez, in one of the games against the Blues, he had two power play goals basically by himself. So, And that's what I'm saying. That's where the importance to the theme, I think, has to play a role in this. And that said, I still feel like I'm giving plenty of props to Jefferson because Mm -hmm. as far as receivers are concerned, to have him be two over a basketball player who can get touch the ball, what, 40 times, 50 times in a game – is speaks to how good he is and how even when defenses are scheming for him, there's so many times where he's still able to break a defense and break a coverage. And he's one of those guys like uh, a Cooper Cup or like uh, Jamar Chase uh, or like uh, Keenan Allen where you he needs to touch the ball uh, – several times he needs to have like nine targets in a game you can't you have to figure out okay you know what we haven't gotten him uh a completion a little bit let's run an easy like hitch or an easy route or maybe a jet sweep to make sure that he gets hands on the football this possession because he's that important to our offense to keep things churning and so he's i'm not trying to take anything away from him but i think this wild team literally falls apart without krill versus the Vikings are considerably worse, but they're still going to score yeah. if Jefferson's not on the field. That's a good point. Um, I want to finish this by just discussing you know, what, what we think of the four is the easiest to win. Like, How do we rank in terms of easiest to win a championship? Amongst these four teams, so we're gonna we're gonna end with a, a real real spicy question. This is, I think your question has something to do with what I'm about to say, so I'm just gonna hold it and yeah. I'm gonna address the rankings first of all. The first thing I would actually like to do though is take a left turn and give honorable mention to this Gophers run because, as far as outlooks look, oh no, <laughs> I hate so much that. Luke Fickle is coaching the Wisconsin Badgers. I hate so much that he's already 
making a difference with their college recruiting at quarterback. How is he already making it? How is it already happening where you're already seeing this tie flip for how Wisconsin recruits and the kind of people, the, the kind of players they're attracting, the kind of class that they're putting together already? He's been in the building, what, a month? Yeah. Two months? It's real unfortunate that this is already turning around on the Gopher football program because I really like P.J. Fleck and... I think he's a good coach. I know he gets a lot of flack. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a great recruiter, which is something that Minnesota Minnesota didn't have for a couple of coaches before him. Nice to have a guy who can recruit in a sport that relies on recruiting. Yeah, Always a plus. It helps. And now it's all over. Well, it's just the, the level of competition has been elevated, and Luke Fickle coming to Wisconsin is going to elevate them to a high level because – Luke Fickle is a high-level coach, and he's Matt, an insane coach. And Matt Rule, like, I I can't really disagree with anything that Matt Rule has done. Although, as I've told you, you know, off the record, I think that Nebraska job is just too hard for anybody to be able to come in and to stem the tide with, and to actually be respectable with. It really didn't have much to do with what Scott Frost did he didn't help matters but there's just there's so many expectations for that job to where I just I don't think anybody even year two in you're maybe expecting a team to win nine or ten games in year one and to go to the Big Ten championship in year two and how do you live up to that yeah the Nebraska job is is really weird because like you're saying the fans have watched bad season after bad season after bad season and then every time a new coach comes in immediately it's like all right guess we're gonna look like the 70s right away again and be this insane team that doesn't lose to anyone and is gonna push over the every team that we come across it's it's a very strange there's there's not a lot of rope for coaches in general but especially Football coaches, it seems, there's not a ton of rope for them anymore. You yeah. used to be able to get a couple of years and be able to live the first couple of years on, well, you got to get his recruits in, right? And now for some of the bigger programs, you think about SEC jobs, most of them, or most of the Big Ten jobs, you kind of got to turn it around, in, the, or at least so, show signs of turning around first year, all the way turned around second year, or you're on the hot seat, apparently. Yeah. Well, and you look at, you know, you look at where Fleck has been, like 79 wins over his 10 seasons is amongst the top of this gopher football team. And here's the other thing is you don't have a lot of coaches that make it to year 10 for this school. So he has, he's been able to achieve in the wins plateau a lot of things that a lot of coaches haven't done, but he also has been able to achieve the longevity to get to that point. So whether or not you you want to have seen this Gopher team compete more, I think this year probably was a, was a disappointing year because of the expectations heading into the season. But at the end of the day, compared to where we've been, the Tim Brewster era, the name any other coach other than, say, Glenn Mason or, you know, even the Gophers realistically expecting to be hovering around the nine, 10 win mark is I think says something about 
where the program and its fans see itself versus yes. a few years ago. Yeah. Where you're really you're really living on rivalry wins because that's what makes a six a six win gate or six win season shine is when you're able to have like that token, oh we beat Iowa or oh we beat Wisconsin, try to cover up that six win season, which is what they were before. Like we've we've really gone in the post Glenn Mason era from we just hope to get in the way of a team competing for the Big Ten West or the Big Ten East. So now we want to be that team. And I don't know exactly the year that Mason was was relieved or left. Um, it was early 2000s. But if you look at it, that's a quick turnaround to have said, hey, we are with like Tim Brewster's coach. We are just hoping to be a speed bump. So now we have aspirations to be one of those teams in the final part of the conversation. Uh, and so, you know, power rankings aside, that's that's a quick turnaround for, for a school, for any program, to be able to now get to where eight or nine wins or nine or ten wins is the expectation. Yeah, it's, it's great to see them win all, all these games and now it feels like the window for them to be at the top of the West or to try to get to the top of the West might have closed already. Yeah. Well, we'll... Uh... So there's there's my honorable mention. Didn't want to derail too much, but felt like it was worth mentioning. Feels like this is the trajectory of this conversation. Yeah. All right, so so take me through. We're ranking, uh, ranking the likelihood of a championship appearance or, or actual win in the next... Which sport is it hardest to win a title All of right. the core four. Yeah, so for these four teams, which so, one is going to have the most trouble? So let's look. Let's just let's just go through and just talk about the different things that you need. So let's start with the NFL. To win in the NFL in the Super Bowl, I feel like you need either well we we see what you need in the postseason you need a defense that can get you some stops you also need a quarterback that can make big throws and so you know you you get to this point in the season and for a Vikings team that has been the two seed for most of the year now the three seed after uh, after what happened on Sunday do they have the elements? Do they have the quarterback that can make the big throws in clutch time to uh, to win you a game, to keep your season on the line? Maybe. I feel like Kirk I feel like Kirk has had good moments this year in those clutch situations. So I can I can put him more towards that category, but do you have the defense that can get you a stop? Here, here's the real thing. How many how many years do you think Kirk has left? I'd say five or six. He's what thirty three. Think so. I'd I'd say five or six solid seasons left. Because I think that's the key for this team. Because, like I said before, are there fifteen quarterbacks in the NFL right now that I would take over Kirk Cousins? No, no. He's a good quarterback, and he's going to get you stats. He's going to lead game winning drives. He's shown that he can make comebacks consistently. Uh, for a couple of teams now, uh, but he's he's not in the elite 
and I know that this is going to be a buzzword for Vikings fans. He's not in the elite category. He's not a Mahomes. He's not an Allen. He's not a Burrow. And so you're going to need to fix the defense. You're going to need to really rework your secondary. You're going to need to find some more consistent teeth in that pass rush. And how many years that takes, I think that's kind of when you're waiting for your window to open back up. Yeah. Because the team has to be perfect around Kirk. The team has to be perfect around Kirk. Like it has to be around a lot of quarterbacks if they're going to win a Super Bowl. Like Matt Stafford. The team has to be perfect around him. How many years does that take? And I think that's when you're going to get your window. But it's not this year. No, and it just... It's a situation, too, where you look at, like, let's just say the Chiefs, for example. Chiefs don't have a great defense. But what they do have is a pass rush that is pretty good at getting to the quarterback. And then you have that quarterback where, okay, we're we're trailing 24-17 with, like, two minutes left in the game. And not to say that Kirk hasn't done this this year, because he has. But you're trailing in the AFC Championship game by a touchdown with two minutes left to go, and you have to get a touchdown to keep the game going. I I don't know if he can be the guy to do that, whereas Patrick Mahomes has done it. Yeah. He's done it in the he's done it in the divisional round. He's done it in the AFC title game. He's done it in the Super Bowl. And that's why he's an elite quarterback, is in big games he can cover up the deficiencies on a roster. And Kirk just is not that guy. Unfortunately, as good as he is, he's not that guy. And that's what makes the difference between a good quarterback and a quarterback that's going to have some awesome stats and going to win you a bunch of regular season games and uh, an elite quarterback or a championship level quarterback. So in terms of in terms of winability in the playoffs, I'm going to put I'm going to put this year's Vikings team at a two out of five. If we're ranking it out of five, I'll say two for this year's Vikings team because of exactly what we talked about. Now, we'll go on to the Minnesota Wild, and I had a hot take to start the season. So the Wild last year shattered all these records. Goals in a season, wins in a season, points in a season. They were not good on the power play or the penalty kill. Their goaltending situation was pretty leaky. So it was a team that, you know, they, they lose in the first round of the playoffs, and you think, yeah, that's that's probably not a surprise. I feel like this year's team is more equipped to win a playoff series, maybe not a Stanley Cup, but to win a playoff series because they have better goaltending and they're better at special teams. And those are the elements that in a playoff series win you games because we see it a lot. Hot goalie just shuts everybody down can shut down the best offenses, can shut down the worst offenses. And so if you look at this, if you look at this wild team, I think if they play their style, which is a f- more physical, defensive, tight kind of style, they're going to win a lot of games 3 to 2 if they want to win a playoff series. And so I I would say in terms of the wild, in terms of their viability to win a championship this year, I'm going to put them at a three out of five. Again, I don't think it's likely they win a Stanley Cup, but I think in terms of the things that you need for a team to win in the postseason, 
I think they've shown the ability to do it this year. Does it feel like the Vikings, Wild, and Timberwolves are all in the same kind of category this year? As far as, if we're looking longevity next five years, no. But as far as this year, it kind of feels like the ceiling for all of them is just making a playoff series interesting or a playoff game versus an actual title run. I think that's a fair take. Uh, I, I don't think... I don't think the objective for the Wild this season, I don't think anybody thought after what they did last year, what they lost coming into this season, I don't think anybody said, yeah, this is going to be a team that can go further. I mean, it, it's going to depend entirely on who they match up with, but let's say, let's say they get the three seed in the postseason. They would match up against Winnipeg, the Jets, a team that they have had success against. And so that's a series they could make frisky. They could cause some problems for Winnipeg, but then you go up against probably the Dallas Stars, and that's a series I think they would have some trouble with. So you would have to go through the Jets on the road, then you'd have to go through the Stars, and then after that you would have to go up against likely the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals, and I think that's a tall order as well. So it feels like a team that can really push a first-round series maybe to the brink, to seven games, maybe get lucky if Winnipeg wilts. But beyond that, I, I think any other playoff series wins is going to be a tall order for them. Vikings, you're probably going to win one playoff game, and that'll be it. Timberwolves, just pray they get there. <laughs> well, and if they get there and get in through the play-in, they could potentially play Denver for the uh, <laughs> for the first round, which Jokic versus the combination of Towns and Gobert just Jeez. See, sounds sounds like a bad joke. Sounds like the start of a really bad joke. Uh, yeah, I, I again, I think that you have some really good punch on whether you look at the Wild or the Timberwolves or the Vikings as far as offensive pieces that could just dazzle or overwhelm at times. And you have some things that you really like. You've seen some things uh, that you've really liked throughout the season, but then you get to the playoffs, again, if the Timberwolves make it even. And it just feels like all of these, I don't trust these teams to close out at the end of the day. And... Again, part of that is history with yeah. all of these teams, and so you got to be, you got to prove that you can get there and actually do it. And so I know I'm basing some of that on prior teams, and you can argue if that's fair or not. But at the end of the day, you need to see them like finish off a series or close out a game with a big time opponent, and you haven't seen that from these teams in the postseason when it counts. And until that happens, it feels like they're just... And and you see these massive swings for all three of these teams. Massive swings throughout the season. Uh, And even in games, massive swings in games consistently. And you go, well, that doesn't... You know how, like, uh, you look at... When you look at a situation, sometimes the answer is sitting... It's smacking you right in the nose. And you just keep looking past and looking past it. When really... The answer is, oh, you know, it actually doesn't look good, even if they end up winning, to be down all the time for all of these teams. 
for all these teams, they've had big losses that they shouldn't have had. They've had big swings in their season. They go on runs. And when you go step back and look at it and say, you know what? As for, for a playoff game or a playoff series, that doesn't feel like that's going to work. Maybe that's the most obvious answer. And it's just sitting right there for all, all three of these franchises yeah. this year. Well, and then, you know, you, you go to the uh, you go to the Minnesota Twins, who have lost 18 postseason games in a row. And you look at the viability of them winning a playoff series, and I would put it at zero. I mean, that's the one where it really is like, I don't know, I'm not so inside baseball to figure out if I actually like their farm system coming up, but it feels like whether you do or you don't, you've got to open up the purse strings and bring in talent because no free agent is coming to Minnesota. No, you got to coax, you got to coax them in. You got to try and buy some wins and then try and make moves for younger talent bolster the bullpen stuff like that but just like grab some some big names spend a little money that's the got to be the first step in turning this around yeah because it's not going to come in free agency and again even trading like what pieces are you trading well that's that's the thing too is you know you look at this this run of futility in the postseason a lot of it's been against the yankees and a lot of it has been instances where the twins were the higher seed but it's the Yankees, and you kind of get in your head. It's oh, geez, we're playing the Yankees again. How do we possibly? How do we possibly? Overcome Whatever voodoo this? doll of the Minnesota Twins man, it, it, that's in the that's in the Bronx. If they could take that down, yeah, <laughs> just gotta, play it straight up for once. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which which grave they built Yankee Stadium on, but you dig up those remains and you just you remove them from the site and you you try to move on. But yeah, it's. Uh, been dicey for the twins and uh, so you're you're putting them at what one one out of five point five point five out of five point five out i of agree five. with that i would say if we're going are we doing just this year or like this year and into the future this year i i we can we can keep it at this year i think that's this probably year okay the easiest. well then i don't know is any of these teams none of these teams really raise above it like a I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the Wild at a three because I think they're bet I think they're I think they will get the furthest of any of these teams and then you can put the Vikings at like a two and a half the Timberwolves at a two and then the Twins at a point five <laughs> I think I put the twi- the Timberwolves at a a one one is probably, they're currently yeah. are in outside the playoffs right now. They're currently outside the playoff picture. Well, it's, if the playoffs started today, they would not even be playing. It's, it's not getting any easier either. So, yeah. So it's like a one, two for the Vikings. I don't like a San Francisco that defense. No, that's the scariest team right now. San Francisco. If Jalen Hurts can come back and be healthy, though. They're not beating the Eagles on the road either. Well, and here's here's the odd thing is for the Vikings, I feel like you have a number of teams you don't want to face in the playoffs. San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, Green Bay, Detroit. Like they're one of those teams where you're like, boy, if if some other some of these other teams could take care of some business for us, like if we could get somebody else to do a lot of this work for us. Like you have squarely pegged yourselves on thank God, we're playing the New York Giants in Week One, even though that's not necessarily a guarantee. Can we get the, can we get the Bears? Can we play the Bears? 
So it's just it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we're we're happy to be in the playoffs, but also we are really happy that we're playing the team that we're playing to start the postseason. So put them probably a two, and uh, yeah, I don't know. But the fun part is that we we can look back at this in 2024 and just be completely wrong, or be like, yeah, this this all played out. I'm I'm pretty confident. In yeah. I I was curious if you were ranking. The playability, like if you were going to, so we're saying, you know what, we're going to wave a wand and you get to be able to play. We're going to make you a a, a stud athlete for a year. For a year, you get to be the one of the better players in a specific sport, whatever you want to pick. Which team do you think you'd have the most fun joining? Am I a center? Doesn't matter the position. You're not going to be a starter. You're going to be you're going to play minutes off the bench, so you're going to get play with the second. You're going to play with some starters in different periods of the game. You're going to be like the seventh man, but you have to rely off of the play of the starters. You have to rely uh, mostly on them. So you you've got to really like the vibe in the locker room. Oh, Minnesota Wild, hands down. Minnesota Wild. Yeah, the vibes in the, <laughs> the vibes in the Timberwolves locker room are bad. <laughs> The wild, the wild, and this is because this is what they've prioritized. They have a great locker room chemistry. They have a team that is really full of belief in everybody in that lineup. And so if I'm hopping in as a center, bottom six guy, maybe somebody else gets elevated into the top six, I feel like you'd be, you'd be very much at home being part of that mix. With the Vikings, I feel like the chemistry there is really good too. But we also have seen you know, the best of this team most of the season to where we haven't seen some of the ugly that can come out of losing a bunch of games in a row. Uh, Tim Rolls, as you said, chemistry's kind of a mess right now. And uh, <laughs> and for the Twins... It's always fun to be in an environment where somebody is calling out your food decisions. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that seems like the most fun that you could have. <laughs> Yikes. And then for the Twins... It's like you could hop in and be a starting pitcher, but you'd be like a fourth. You'd be like a number four thrust into that opening day role where it's like, oh, geez, I'm not really suited to start against another team's ace. They do a lot of losing, but I feel like a baseball clubhouse is, could have could have some pretty fun vibe. I feel like you've got to work to make that a bad Environment. You gotta lose a lot to make it a. You gotta lose a lot, or have just have Chris Sale in the locker room. Oh, one of the two. Oh. Is he cutting up another jersey? <laughs> you, as the Boston fan, of course, would bring that up. <laughs> does he know? This, does he know there's a finite number? Like, yeah, I, I get we have a lot, but there's not like infinite. We don't get to keep those. Don't cut them. <laughs> you got to give those back. At the cut end up of the jerseys. Jeez. <laughs> what is this going on a vision board? What are you doing? <laughs> no, that I, I think that's I think I think baseball is a sneaky one, but again, we're not uh we're not doing a lot of baseball promoting on this. Let's push them off to the side. Your facial expression, you're getting like violently ill the more we talk about baseball. I know. We need, we it need, looks like you're at sea. <laughs> we need to uh we need to keep it at a minimum. I, so, I apologize. I I would say the Vikings locker room probably is my number one pick. Okay. I can't argue with that. We're, we're going to see how this goes and uh, we'll, we'll reevaluate um, 
next year at this time. We'll do this again. Book it. Yeah, we'll do this again. We'll see how the year goes. And that is the uh, the state of the state for 2022 for Locked on Wild. Colton, thanks for joining. And uh, listeners, make sure you tune in to all that Locked on Wild has to offer with pregame content, postcasts, episodes throughout the week. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on TikTok. Subscribe on Amazon Music and all of your favorite podcast platforms. We've got new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.